Father, we just want to thank you for today. We pray for your word. We pray, Lord, that you'll speak to us. We pray, Lord, that you'll encourage us. We pray, Lord, that you strengthen us. You will bring light, Father. You will destroy what needs to be destroyed, and you will build what needs to be built. In Jesus' name, amen. Just want to thank God for my wife as well. I thank God for my wife. The Lord brought, brought me my wife. As soon as the Lord brought my wife to me, my life changed tremendously. Yeah, yeah even people say, are you dressed like this because of your wife? I say, yeah, I'm dressed like this because of my wife. Yeah. Sometimes I want to go and buy a shirt, and I say, this shirt is very nice. And then my wife says, it's not very nice. I say, it's not very nice. Yeah, so, thank God for my wife. We also want to thank God. You know, God has been good to us. Um... I think Pastor Joe talked about uh, the 24 elders in the book of Revelations. The 24 elders in the book of Revelations. The 12 elders in the Old Testament, tribe of Israel, and the 12 apostles. And he said together they represent the church, the universal church. And they do not cease to praise God day and night. Day and night. And I thought to myself, if I was praising God day and night... I would get tired, just being honest. But they are not just praising God day and night for the sake of praising God day and night. They are praising God because of revelation. Something has been revealed about God and they cast their crowns down. They cast their, crow their crowns down and they lay prostrate. Let all the other names fade away. Let all the other names. The 24 elders. You know, when Jesus was preaching and teaching, sometimes he was interactive. I'm going to be interactive. Which galaxy are we in? Which galaxy? Which galaxy? Stop Googling it. Just give, give, which, ga which galaxy? Which one? Okay, I'm going to give you the answer. We're in the Milky Way galaxy. It's the Milky Way because if you look at it during the night, it looks like a spray of milk. It looks like a spray of milk. It's like, that's why it's called Milky Way at night. And <laughs> the Milky Way alone has got 100 billion planets. The Milky Way alone has got 100 billion planets. For me, when I see this, let all the other names. The greatness of God. I'm going to ask another question. Which is the next nearest galaxy to us? The other one. Which is the next nearest galaxy to us? Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to answer that for you. It's called Andromeda. Andromeda is two million light years away from us. They cannot measure it with kilometers or miles. So they've got to measure it with years. It takes you two million years to get to the next galaxy. Let all the other names. Let all the other names. Amazing. Amazing. I think if you believe in God, you understand science better. 
Andromeda alone, Milky Way had how many billion planets? 100. Andromeda has got 500 billion planets. That's just Milky Way and Andromeda. Then there are billions of galaxies. Then there are billions of universes. Great are you, Lord. <laughs> you see, these things encourage my faith. Even before even I hear the, someone preaching and teaching alone, these things just encourage my faith. God is in control. Why should I fret? God. God. I like John. John in the Gospels. John does not go and give us the genealogy. Matthew gives us the genealogy. So and so begat so and so. So and so and begat so and so. John says forget this. We're dealing with God. In the beginning, the world was with that same John who used to lie on the lap of Jesus, when Jesus appeared to him in the book of Revelations, he fell on his feet. Pro, on his face, sorry. Prostate. God. Trying to encourage your faith and my faith. God. God. My God. My God. My God. I'm not saying that as vain repetition. I'm saying that so you can know that God is in charge. He is in charge. He is in charge. Today, I wanted to talk about renewing your mind. And uh, I'm going to talk about renewing your mind, and I'm going to give us some time for us to just pray. And you may say, maybe you've heard renewing your mind very many times. I'm going to try and talk about renewing your mind, renewing your mind again. <laughs> Romans chapter 7 verse 25 says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So the Bible makes it clear that we serve God with our mind. I think the greatest asset that God has given you and me is our mind. If you lose your mind, you've lost everything. The enemy knows very well how the mind is very, very important. So he has tried to infiltrate men from different nations and give them a tradition or a culture. And this culture has been seared in their mind for years and years and years. And this culture and tradition has got nothing to do with the, with the word of God. And so they actually uphold the tradition rather than the word of God. Your mind. I think your mind is the most important asset that the Lord has given us. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest war on this earth is not the second or the third world war on the battle of Waterloo 
or when we fought Napoleon, that is not the greatest battle. The greatest battle on this earth is the battle that is going on in your mind. If you can get your mind sorted, you'll sort so many things in your life. Your mind. That is the greatest battle that is going on. You know, the Bible describes Jesus as the lion and the lamb. It's very amazing that in the book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 3 to 5, it first of, first of all describes Jesus as a lion, then it comes and describes him, describes him as a lamb. Revelation chapter 5, verse from verse, let me say from verse 5, but one of the elders said to me, do not weep, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. There was no one, nobody worthy to open this, this book. But the, 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 it says, the line of the tribe of Judah. And then verse 6 says, and I looked, behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamp. He is now, he's first described as a lion, then he's been described as a lamb. So you and I as believers have to walk this tightrope. We have to walk this tightrope of being a lion at the same time being a lamb. A lion is very bold and is very fearless. He knows how to go and do things alone, yet he knows how to work in a team. A lamb, on the other hand, a lamb is very tender, is very sacrificial. We have to teach our people to be sacrificial. I was telling some guys that for me, my, I've got a career. It's a job that I do, secular. But I say that my job in the secular is a part-time job, even though it's full-time. My full-time job is serving God. Amen. Because I will serve God until I leave this earth, until I go. I don't know whether I'll be a university lecturer in heaven. I don't know. But one thing I know, I'll be serving God forever. So I work full-time as a servant of God, as a minister of God, but my job, my a career is part-time. So I will give preeminence to the work of God first. Amen. Sadly, we give preeminence to our career first. A lion and a lamb. You've got to be a lion, but at the same time, you've got to be a lamb. A dichotomy. If you study the lion, the lion is not necessarily the fastest animal. The fastest animal is the cheetah. The lion is not necessarily the strongest animal. The strongest animal is the elephant, if you could put it that way. An elephant has got 100,000 muscles in its trunk alone. The lion is not necessarily the wisest animal. The Bible says be wise as. But yet the lion is the king of the jungle. Why? Because what is going on in his, its attitude, its mind. A lion will see an elephant and say, I see lunch. <laughs> an elephant will see a lion and say, oh, I'm going to be eaten. Two different mindsets. It's not. So stop giving excuses. I'm not the best. I'm not the most beautiful. I'm not the toughest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the most educated. Stop giving those excuses. You with God. You with, with God. Your mindset. 
as I said, if you conquer your mindset, you are going to conquer so many things on this earth. When God actually went and met Gideon, at that time, the Israelites were being oppressed by the Midianites. The Midianites had surrounded the Israelites. And any time, time and again, they would come and they would ravage Israel and they would take their cattle and they would take their food and then they would camp outside Israel. Then they would come again and they would ravage Israel and they would take their cattle, they would take their food, they would destroy everything, they would, they would camp outside. And God came and approached Gideon. And he told Gideon, Oh, mighty man of valor. Oh, you mighty man of strength. And Gideon started giving him excuses. If God is with us, how come these millionaires are oppressing us? You know that I am the least in our clan. I'm the least in our tribe of Manasseh. Not, uh, not only am I the least in our tribe of Manasseh, I am the least in my father's house. And you come and you tell me that I'm a mighty man of valor. You've, wrong, you've knocked on the wrong door. Maybe you should go and talk to so-and-so next door. He seems like a mighty man of valor. But God say, you, mighty man of valor. Funny thing is, God did not answer his excuses. God did not address the, all those negative things that he was telling God. God talked to him about his mindset. You are saying you're the least and you do not have power and you're oppressed. But I am saying in your mind, you're a strong man. Go in this your might. And as I was telling somebody very close to me, God does not answer pity parties. You will go and you will be there in your pity party and saying all these negative things. God, I do not have a job. but I am so distressed. God never answers those things. He wants you to see yourself the way he sees you. The conquering lion of Judah. The, I said the lion does not necessarily have the qualities that so many of the animals out there have. Yet it actually draws respect. Because of his mindset. Your mindset. Your mind is the most important thing. You need to develop your mind. You need to guard your mind. I call your heart the database of your mind. Your heart for me is the database of your mind. David, should I listen to this music? I usually say, let's say what Jesus said. Jesus says, be careful how you hear. Because how you hear and how you see filters in your mind and is put in your heart. Your heart becomes a database. So if you keep on looking at porn, goes through your mind and it settles in your heart. You go to unclean places, you look at things that are funny, goes in your mind, settles in your heart. Then it becomes a stronghold. A stronghold, the connotation of a stronghold comes from battle, from warfare. When you're in a warfare with the enemy and the enemy has actually taken a certain portion of that particular battle and put all his armies in that particular place, there, that becomes a stronghold. 
Be careful what you see and be careful what you hear. What you see and what you hear. The gateway to your soul. Your mind. Very, very important. You've heard of a scripture. I won't even call it a scripture. There is a saying that goes like this. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There is no scripture like that. <laughs> let, us, let us quote this scripture in its right, rightful way. It says, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he, the miser, he tells you to eat and eat, but in his heart he is cursing you. I'll kill this guy. It says, as he thinketh in his heart, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, whatever you deposit, any information, what you see, and you constantly deposit it in your heart, so becomes you. Stay away from unclean things. Stay away from all these things that are affecting your heart. Very important. Very, very important. You win the battle of the mind, you win so many things in life. So many things in life. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. If you look at the word meek there, actually it says, blessed are those who are disciplined, for they shall inherit the earth. And indeed, those people who are disciplined have disciplined their minds. They inherit so many things on this earth. Your mind. Your mind. Very, very important. So, we have got to start thinking about how we can change our mindset. Jesus said, from whence does evil come from? Matthew chapter 15 verse 19. He says, from out of the heart proceeds, out of their heart. As I said, the heart is the database of your mind. Because your mind has been processing all of these things. And it has now become subconscious in your heart. It comes out evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, theft, fault, false witnesses, blasphemies. When somebody wants to commit adultery, the first thing that happens is that he's already committed adultery in his heart. He's already thought about it. Well, somebody wants to go and sin, the first point of call is... Before he goes and does it, he's already thought about it, and then he's going to do it. So if you can control what's going on in your mind, you can block so many things. So many things. You can block them out. So many things. I say the greatest battle that is going on is the battle between your mind. The enemy wants your mind. And the enemy is controlling the system I think Pastor Joe told us how the enemy um, lies and deceives the whole world. I think the book of Revelations. Satan, who deceives the whole world. How does he deceive the whole world? Whispers things in their minds. Why don't you make this law, make this law legal? Speaks to the in so-called intellectuals. It's all in the mind. All in the mind. It says... Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, keep your heart, as I said, your heart is what? The database of your mind. From out of it springs the issues of life. So your life 
is governed by what's going on in your mind. So let us be people who are very wary of what we see, what we hear, what we consume, what we expose ourselves to. Who told you that you needed a cigarette? Every five minutes, who told you? God? God did not tell you that you need a cigarette. You go to sleep and then, mm, you need to go and smoke me. Come. Come back, wake up in the morning, go to work. Before you go to work, you need to go and smoke me. Where did you get that from? Someone came and told you, why don't you try this thing? And you process it, why don't I try it? Let me try it, let me try it. And you try it once, and you try it twice, and you start trying it more and more, more and more, more and more, it becomes part of your heart. Now you've got a stronghold. Now you come to church and you say, you hear the word of God, and God tells you, no, it should not be that way. Now you're trying to change. And the change becomes a little bit difficult. Why? Because you've been doing it for years and years and years. Now you have to change it back. See, we do things in life and we think it's normal. Some things are not normal. There has to be a new normal. And there has to be another new normal. And there has to be another new normal. Which is lined up with the word of God. Who told you that you have to dress sexily? sensually and go to a nightclub. Did God tell you that? Hey, today I'm coming to get you. Huh? Did God tell you that? Who told you that? What's going on here? What you've seen... 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 5. This is one scripture that we were taught to actually as a memory verse and it stuck with me. Today I'm going to use it. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. I hope I'm quoting it right. For there is one God and one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. Did I quote it right? Okay, it's not up there. There is one God, First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There is one God. There is no other God. One God. And one mediator between man and God. The word mediator, we get the word medium. And out of the word mediator, we get the word media. For there is one God, and the only way to access this God is one media, the man Christ Jesus. So what is your media? If your media is what you see on telly and all those things through your mind and is deposited in your heart, you can't access God properly. That's why sometimes you go out to these places, these essential places, and you come here and you're struggling to worship God. But you're a Christian. It's because you, you can't, you can't. There is one God and one media, media between God and man, Jesus Christ. If your media is the word of God, constantly, constantly your media is the word of God, you find you access the things of God better. You will access the things of God better. Media becomes very powerful. What you see and what you hear. I said what you see and what you hear is actually the gateway to the soul. What you see and what you hear. Hmm. 
I had a problem with anger. Sometimes when I say this, people don't believe me, but I used to have a problem with anger. And some of the people who were close to me in the growing up had anger issues, and I watched them. <clears throat> and it became a normal to me. So whenever we were discussing and you get me upset, I would warn you once. By the time I warn you the second time, I've punched your face. We are rolling down the floor. I got saved. Did the anger go away? It didn't go away. I was used to rage. <laughs> as a Christian, had anger issues as a Christian, would go for prayer and cell meetings, would pray all night in Blackheath and Baptist Church, and I would come out of that prayer meeting. And as I was driving on, someone would cut me, and I would come out of my car, and I'd go to the other car and knock his window. When was going on. Strongholds have caught me. Now I've got to change. To Lord, Lord, I need help. God, I need help. Like my daughter, firstborn daughter says, I need a help. <laughs> I need help. You need help. You know what you've been dealing with. That's why we've got to teach our children at an early age. We've got to guard them and shield them. Young men, young women, keep away from porn. Hmm. Tell you, man, you'll fight battles that you, you never knew existed in your life. Keep away the things that addict you. Keep away from them. How to now fight. Thank God he has helped me and he's still helping me. New normal. Then there has to be another normal. This is how we are. In my wife's family, they're used to, um, when you come into the house, you shout, Hey, I'm here, hello, from the door. You start shouting. <laughs> and you've got to answer about, yeah, we're, yeah, we're okay. <laughs> I did not grow up, grow up with that. In our family, when you come in, you take your shoes off, you come to the sitting room, you sit down, and then you say hello. It's not sinful, it's not sinful, but so it was, it was all this shouting business. And she doesn't understand why I, don't, I, I, I can't say hello when I open the door. So I need to come and sit down and I say hello, how are you? Okay. Mindsets that we've grown up with. But there are mindsets that we've grown up with that are sinful. Listen, you need God. We all need to give our lives to God and serve and live for God. You don't know who you're dealing with, the enemy. You don't know who you're dealing with. You'd rather hide in God. I'm telling you, you do not know who you're dealing with. See, there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. There is nothing as powerful as a changed mindset. I had a problem with public speaking. Today it's about my testimonies. Whenever I stood up to speak, I would say, ah, mm, mm, start sweating and sit down. <clears throat> Believe it or not. Because when I tried to speak when I was younger, in my high school and primary school, people would laugh at me 
And in my mind, I'll say, I can't speak. <clears throat> God, in his mercies and in his humor, made sure that I was a university lecturer. First time, he, I went to a lecture, there were 500 people in a theater. Hey, hey I had to sing, great are you, Lord, before I start. <laughs> Car. Mindsets. Today I can speak. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Mindsets. Mind, your mind, your mind. Train your mind. Protect your mind from what you see, from what you hear. Everybody here needs to meditate on the word of God. If you don't know how to meditate, you are lying because you know how to meditate. Anybody who worries is meditating. You're thinking about something. Meditating. You're thinking about something negative. If you want to find out who the real you is, I give you a simple experiment. Just go home in your bed when nobody's there and sit down there and what is constantly going on in your mind? I'm negative. I'll never do this. Oh, I don't feel like waking up today. That, that's, that's, that's you. That's the real you. The real you, that the one that usually counsels you when nobody's there. The one that speaks to you when nobody is there. That is the real you. If, it's, if it dominates the negative side, then you need to change. How are you going to change? Through meditation of the word of God. I was told about the Hindu, I knew about the Hindu system. I'm sorry if you're Hindu here. In the Hindu system, there is what we call the caste system. And there's people of, I think we're discussing this with somebody. We're discussing, there's different castes. And there's people who are actually in the lower caste. That caste there, that the privileged people. And the people who are in the, so do you say lower or higher? The people in the higher caste and the people in the lower caste. And the lower caste are actually untouchables. They're called untouchables, yes. They are supposed to be the so-called, the least of the least. It's happening as I speak right now, they're the least of the least. They're not supposed to be educated. They're not supposed to hold any meaningful job. They are street cleaners and toilet cleaners. The toilets in India are different from our toilets here. Latrines. They are, those are the jobs that they're supposed to do. Now, here's the crunch. Many of them get saved and are converted and their spirits are regenerated and they know God. But if you tell them that you are the head and not the tail... They've got an issue with that. Because they used to be told that they are low. If you tell me you can do it, you can go to education, they have got a battle with that. Because their mind has been used to be told certain things. Now it's a battle of the mind. Yes, you will get saved. Conversion. Salvation means God has made us whole. But the, that wholeness needs a process. And that process is up to you and how you're going to engage with God. How you're going to hide in God. How you're going to study the word of God. How you're going to press in in prayer. How you're going to seek to be always in God's presence. I knew that when I got saved. I knew that, that I, I needed help. I knew that for sure. I was out of shape, Pastor Angela. Seriously out of shape. And I knew that I needed God. And so I never missed any prayer meetings. I always endeavor to be in cell. I always endeavor to be where the word of God is being spoken. Because I know as I am watching God, I'm in the presence of God, I am being transformed. Priorities. I'm going to finish with this and we're going to pray. 
You know, some of you have been captured by Pharaoh, spiritual Pharaoh. Pharaoh, let my people go. Say, I will not let your people go. You need a Moses, a spiritual Moses, and our Moses is Jesus. Let's quote this scripture that is very common to all of us. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree that planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I am involved in education, in higher education, and one of the terminologies that we use in order to encourage students to study is meditation. And that meditation is not, not only transcends you thinking about the word of God. Meditation in that context means that you are thinking about the word of God, you're studying about the word of God, you're listening to associated teachings on the word of God, you are reading books that are associated with the word of God, you're reading your Bible. It says if you do this, you shall be like a tree planted. If you're constantly feeding on that, if that becomes your media, you shall be like a tree planted and will bring forth its fruit in its season. Remember that a tree does not bring fruit 24-7. There are seasons where you're quiet and you're recharging and some seasons where you're bringing forth fruit. Ladies and gentlemen, I beseech you. I beseech you. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then 1 Corinthians 2 verse 6 says, For he who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. I beseech you to be a people who are constantly in guard of your mind. As I said, your mind is where the breakthroughs will start. Because the failure has already started in your mind. The victory has already come in your mind. Let God train you. And God does not train you out of the parameters of the people of God. He expects you to be planted in a church. He expects you to be involved in a church. He expects you to be uh, plugging into the things of God within the context of the church. He expects you to do that. Amen. 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 We're going to pray.